Welcome back to Cast Me to Hell for what is a slightly shorter episode of this week um, with myself, Seb. And me, Robbie. Um, yeah, so this week we're doing a review, which wasn't exactly what was originally planned that we were going to do, was it? No, we had something uh, We had something quite fun and a bit out there planned. It's a feature we've got to come back to, so I don't think yeah. we should give away what it is. Yes. Um, as long as we're still running, that <laughs> yeah. will be... It'll be maybe a feature that pops up at a different time of year, but probably also most likely it will recur next next, next Christmas. Next it was meant to be our little festive one, but we yeah. will come back to it later. And also, um, we do apologise for the sound quality. Um, it's all been a bit mad around Christmas time, so usually we go to Dan's to record our producer, um, hold tight. But at the moment, he is rammed with work. Yeah. And we're trying to stick to schedules, and we're all really busy because it's festive. And we've got social distancing stuff on top of that, where we're yeah. trying not to. And this is all having to be done on a phone this week, because <laughs> yeah. we couldn't sort anything else out. And we'd already delayed this episode, I think, about three times yeah. due to schedule problems. But we do have a soundboard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, which we will use sparingly. Um, yeah. Again, we have talked about these things before, and we've talked about our love of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And if you've ever seen the episode where Dennis starts to get more and more obsessed with pressing the buttons on the effects uh, when they're trying their own podcast, <laughs> this is kind of what's happening now. So we apologise in advance if suddenly. Well, probably more Bobby <laughs> yeah, decides definitely. to start hitting buttons just like. <laughs> and also, we haven't tested any of these, so we don't know how long they're going to last for. <laughs> um, so there comes the awkward moment where we're like, oh my god, this is going on for <laughs> yeah. like two minutes. And we're sat here waiting for the sound to end. As you notice, even one of the sounds at the beginning of the episode we thought was a nice little replacement, but sadly, as we are recording and putting this straight up, We've got no time for editing, so this is going to be completely natural, yeah. done unedited, and without, sadly, our beautiful theme tune that Dan would normally add on and make it sound fantastic. Yeah. We'll sound however you sound. So if occasionally you can't hear us, yeah, sad. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> this is Cast Me to Hell Raw. <laughs> um, raw and late night. Like, like, um, like when Eddie Murphy wore, wore that purple suit. <laughs> yeah. We're making it sound real adult theme, but we're actually... Here, sat on a nice snowy day <laughs> with, with a little hot, a little hot chockies next to us, just uh, enjoying our little friend time. Yeah, <laughs> in our little bubble. <laughs> a shout out to my uh, to my brother who actually brought us the official merchandise uh, Cast Me to Hell mugs. So we're having a little hot chocolate from that. Yeah, those are beautiful, Bobby. Uh, we'll post that up on your socials. I will once <laughs> I've cleaned them. Um, <laughs> and also the the beauty of having it, um, you know, unedited is that. I need to go turn the heating off because I'm really hot, man. <laughs> so why don't you uh, why don't you start us off whilst I do that by telling us how your Christmas has been and what you've been up to, Seb? <laughs> off you go. Um, right. So my little uh, Christmas time. We haven't done. Uh, it's, it, as everyone knows, it's been a weird freaking time of year. If you're listening interna- internationally, I don't know what your Christmas has been like, but ours. Um, was pretty much cut down to just the Christmas day. We could only have a certain amount of households in ours, and it was all a little bit weird. Couldn't really see our family. Um, so it's a bit of an odd one this year. Um, but 
we still had a nice festive time. Uh, in terms of horror, I mean, there's not been too many horrors for me. I've got to be honest. It, it's been a it's been a ram roar of how many Christmas films can you fit in? <laughs> yeah, before, uh, before you stop wanting to watch. Yeah, exactly. Before we start, suddenly it hits Christmas Day, and even though they're still on after that for some reason, once it's at Christmas Day, I'm like, yeah, nah, I don't. I, I'm, I'm alright Christmas. <laughs> I want to sit around and watch films all day. Yesterday, me and my partner literally spent the whole day basically on the sofa just watching films and TV all day long. What did you watch? Which I was perfectly happy with. Um, what did I watch? That is a good question. <laughs> um, considering how much I watched yesterday, it's weird that I now suddenly can't yeah. think of what I watched <laughs> yesterday. We don't, we just don't forget, do you? Like, I, I, that happens to me. Like, I, I watch too many films, like, back to back, and I won't remember what I've watched. I watched the, um, we watched the Robert Downey Jr. Doolittle, which was not well, was not well received, but I was always like, nah, I'll give it my own go, I'll give it my own shout. Um, and although it, it works alright, and Robert Downey Jr. is doing a weird Welsh accent, which is a bit like hit or miss. <laughs> no, um, no, Why is he doing a Welsh accent? I think in the original story, he's Welsh. Doctor Doolittle, so um, and it had the CGI on the animals and stuff as well. Early on, yeah, early on, it seemed it, it actually was working quite well. And then as the film goes on, it goes on this big journey, and it just completely loses focus, and it just yeah. goes off on a million different tangents. And by the end, I was just like, yeah, it was, nah, that wasn't great, was it? Was it as good as the Eddie Murphy? <laughs> well, I I actually don't think I can say it was better than the Eddie Murphy one. I, I think I have a soft spot for the first one anyway. Yeah, I always confuse Doctor. I haven't watched that in a long time. Which is the one where he's really fat. That's uh, that's Nighty Professor. Nighty Professor. Nighty Professor. The one, yeah. <laughs> the most, yeah. Eddie Murphy does stereotypical black people. <laughs> yeah, that's basically it. <laughs> that is it. And Eddie Murphy. That's what he does, man. Eddie Murphy. Yeah. So yeah, that was uh, one of the things I watched. How about you? What have you been doing? Um. So obviously, I've I've had four days off work. Uh, we're recording this on the last day. I go back to work tomorrow. Um. I've just been playing video games. So I got Immortals Phoenix Rising, um, and I've basically just been playing that non-stop. <laughs> Watching It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, The Peep Show. I haven't actually watched many films since we last saw each other. I just, I think um, I've been so busy with Christmas shit that I just can't be bothered to watch yeah. it. Like, I've been, uh, yeah, a lot of the, um, to be fair, I've also been watching a lot of TV, because I, I don't know why at Christmas I always am in the mood to watch, like, comedies. Yeah, like so, I watch comedies and the comedy Christmas episodes and things like that because it's just I don't know, it's just easy to watch, but it's just the kind of thing I want to watch. Like any yeah. Christmas specials or comedies, I'll normally be like, yeah, I'll give it a go, I even see, if it's one I haven't like seen. <laughs> I did see a film that we're gonna have to watch. I've added it to my Amazon Prime list. It's called High Noon, and it's about uh, undead cowboy who comes back to hunt werewolves. <laughs> sounds awesome. That sounds like a pretty awesome, crazy compromise <laughs> yeah. um, for a yeah. film there. So that's uh, we we hope you've you've also had good holidays, but that's what we've been up to. Yeah. Um, and today we're gonna we're gonna be doing uh, two reviews of uh, of films for you. And this is the first time we've done reviews, and this is the first time that we've recorded on a phone. Yeah. So it doesn't bode too well. Yes, um, I apologise to those that <laughs> want to hear these reviews. It may not be the perfect quality for those, and especially as uh, one of our films was actually sent to us. Yeah, it's uh, a short film. Yeah, called The Telltale Heart, um, and I think that's the first one we're going to talk about today. Yeah. Um, but they short, contacted you, they, didn't they? Yeah, they contacted us, so we, we, we follow them on Twitter. Uh, we kind of mutually follow each other, and... Um, 
they reached out and said that they would like to send it to us and that we would uh they'd be interested in us doing a review of it and obviously you know i think naturally when when you hear that you're you know a short film you can it can be pretty hit and miss um, yeah especially if you think i mean I, I didn't know the background so when you said a short film i started thinking a student film that's what i thought and as well as i used to be a film student I'd sat through student. I had like I was the more uh, theory side of film than yeah. the uh, practical film. Although I did myself make a a horror film back I in the day. Uh, I think you did act in it. <laughs> um, it was and I, yeah, my uh, that oh Blaze. I think maybe yeah. the second or third time he's been mentioned on this burger. <laughs> Is that when he, I injected him in the neck or something? Oh no, that was for uh, college. That I made oh, that was that one. Yeah, that was I, I have made other student films before. That one never even came to be completed. That yeah. one's the one when, um, if you remember, me and you went out to. There was this little hut that's by the side of a train track. Yeah, and I. The tra- uh, what do they call it? The the it wasn't the clubhouse. The clubhouse we used yeah. to call it. People used to hang out there on a. At one point, there was this time when people would hang out there like every Friday night and things like that. It was just a tiny little shack. Buy a train. It was not the safest place at all. Yeah, uh, it was dangerous. But some people did it up. They 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 built like a little furnace. They in there. did they put a sofa in there. And the furnace <laughs> is where this comes into a. We were filming with that. Oh, I had yeah. some kind of. I had my, my murderer had. I had this quite cool like zip up thing I got from America, which was it zipped all the way up to the face, which some chavs and stuff wear around. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's big, people think they're hard, um, and it looked pretty creepy, and it had the eye holes, and so that was it. And I got some syringes from my mum's work, which is also where you were. Yeah. <laughs> and um, needles, and he went around killing people and things like that. It was a it was a piece of garbage. But um, we were filming one scene inside, and we were trying to make an explosion, uh, like an oh, explosion yeah. <laughs> happen in the furnace. We did not think about the fact that if we put a large amount of gas <laughs> in that furnace and then lit it, that the furnace was not exactly well made. So the gas wasn't spreading anywhere. It just stayed inside that bottom part of the furnace. So when I decided to light it inside and Bobby was very near behind me, it exploded all over my arms. Yeah. I think I had quite bad burns that night because yeah. we were meant to hang out that night. And by the time you came back to me later, I was literally lying. In like a cold room, like <laughs> not being able to move. All the hairs on my arms were like burnt off. Version, you? you got a little bit burnt on the yeah. face, I think. Your yeah. eyebrows or something. Yeah, got my caught. hair got singed. Um, um, I got yeah, I got. I think my eyebrows were like gone too. All in the name of making a horror film, which yeah. was never completed. No. And the second one I did was actually just with Blaze, the one I did for uni. And that was literally like yeah, some... That was, a, that was a, like... An erotic That film. was not actually a horror film, that one. I tried to do something different, go away from horror. And I did... Um, I had him like... It was some kind of silent, black and white, <laughs> shitty student. You know what I mean? Like, I, like we weren't even the proper practical side of things, so I was just making this up. And as always, I always do my things very last minute. And with this one, I did because I, I had no time to get anything sorted while I was at uni. I was back here for, like, the holidays, and I literally was, like, fast as possible. Let's get... So we went back to the same area, the clubhouse. Ah, oh, yeah, baby. And it, it was kind of some angsty, like, suicide-based... <laughs> I filmed, like, with my phone at the time <laughs> on the train tracks, and I got... The only nice shot I got was literally I put my phone literally next to the train tracks, yeah. ran like ran back from it as the train was coming. So I got this shot of like the train like literally hitting fast. And I was like, that's a nice shot. The rest of it, I watched it back and I was like, I have no <laughs> idea what this film's about. My strange. I don't know like, what it is. Yeah. I don't think I even had a plan or a story. So 
that helps me know, and also from sitting through other people's ones, yeah, and sitting through the ones that actually were meant to be on the practical side of things. I had we had to do one where we had to review the different people's on there. It was a shit show. I can't be honest. Yeah, although some people managed to do some nice shots, it was bad. So yeah. I am very much in the realm of when I when I thought originally that this was going to be student film, which is not as yeah as far as I'm aware, it's not a student film. There's nothing about that on our little press pack that they sent us. No. Um. I thought that, yeah, I thought, oh, yeah, okay, I thought, what is it? And the other thing is, and we've got to be honest right now, for anyone listening or anyone involved in the production, whenever we've talked for a film before, we've not, we have looked at pros and we've looked at cons. Yeah. Even in the greatest horror films ever made, yeah, like Halloween, we were like, right, no, we have to find. Yeah, we got to search for something. Haven't we? Um, so anything we say today is 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 not and it's constructive criticism. It is but constructive. We so were, don't hate us. No, we were, <laughs> and we, were, we were you know we were pleasantly surprised with we were indeed with the quality of it and how good it actually was. Um, so for those of you who do not know the uh, Telltale Heart or aren't familiar with Edgar Allan Poe's work or potentially are going to go and check this out when it's released. Um, we're not going to try and give too much of the story away, but we have got a synopsis. Um, so, adapted from Edgar Allan Poe's original text, uh, the original psych- psychological thriller story has been reimagined in this mind-bending, pulse-pounding, bloody disgusting short film. Following the narrator, uh, who, which is played by Sonny Grimsley, uh, who is haunted by the evil eye of the old man, played by James C. Morris, uh, whom he cares for. Descending further into madness, the narrator murders the old man in his bed and then hides the body under the floorboards. When Detective Tucker, uh, Terine, Terin Turner? Terin uh, Turner? You know I can't read. Yeah, I can't, <laughs> I can't read, read this. So, yeah. <laughs> and Officer Sharp, Mika Olsen, uh, come to inquire about the old man's whereabouts. The narrator's frail mind begins to unravel. Um, okay, so... We looked at that synopsis. We had this synopsis in front of us. I hadn't read it all the way through. The synopsis is a fair amount of the story of the apartments. So as they're releasing that, then they're obviously happy for people to know the thing. But then if you have heard of the Telltale Heart and you know Edgar Allan Poe's work, you would probably guess if it's based on that story, you can kind of guess where that kind of part of the story would go. Yeah. Um, But this is very much made in their own way. And... um, so it was made, uh, we've got here, it was made this year, 2020, yeah. the shit show of the year. Yeah. Um, it's only, it's 22 minutes long, so it's, yeah, it's, yeah. as it says, short film, it's completely within Oscar territory. Yeah, because <laughs> we watched, we watched this, we watched the other film we've got to review, and then we watched The Howling, which we'll touch on as well in yeah. another episode. Um, and the filming locations is uh, Salt Lake City in Utah and Ogden in Utah. Um, and it was it's directed by who we who we believe is a, a first time director, McLean Lindquist, which is a hell of a name. Uh, we both <laughs> said that when it showed in the credits. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So um, yeah. So what we were thinking of this is the first the first thing as we said. So we were obviously very like oh coming into a a short film or you know a, a film that's been sent to us. You worry that it's not going to be good. Yeah. You're worried you're not going to enjoy it, that you're going to sit there going, oh my god, like this amateur filmmaker trying to make these, oh, look at that, it's all about substance, it's all about style, so everybody yeah. no substance, and there's no story. 
not the case here. I, I don't believe anyway. No. For me, uh, I, I thought, okay, yeah, I, I'm drawn in and I can see the essence of what they're trying to do. Straight yeah. away, I knew that they were going for Edgar Allan Poe's obviously yeah. narration straight away. That talking and voice of it, you can tell, right? This is very, yeah. you know, this is very, you know, the Raven. It's actually a crap, but <laughs> and it's still going. It's still going. There we go. It's stuck. Yeah, it's stuck. <laughs> um, and yeah, so when we first did this, because they kindly sent us over like a screening link, we put it into Seb's laptop, um, and for some reason Seb's laptop wouldn't load it, would it? No, so it's been, we, kept, it's been <laughs> we kept hearing the opening five or six seconds of Sonny Grimsley's monologue yeah. over and over before we, yeah, every yeah. time we, we, were load, we were loading it. And then we put it on through my PS4 and, and it worked fine. Um, and yeah, Sonny Grimsley, uh, I think, you know, I think he is, um, I thought he was extremely good within this film. Yeah. You know, I think um, he He's, had... He, he leads, he, he takes the lead in the whole film, doesn't he? Yeah. He is. It would fall apart if he had been bad... It, the whole film would have crumbled around it because he literally is the focus for the majority of this film. He's not only the narrator, but then a lot of the shots are focused purely on him. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I mean, we don't know, we obviously don't know too much about Sonny, Sonny Grimsley's background, but he seemed quite theatrical in this film. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if he were, if he also did some kind of theatre stuff as well, because he seemed to have, a, you know, he seemed to have a good grasp of that kind of. It's, well, it's not like Shakespearean language, is it? Edgar Allan Poe. But it's no, not, but it it's is that kind of old English. Is that Victorian old English? Yeah. Um, yeah. So he really is that centre of the film that keeps it going, um, and he is this. I mean, you can tell how he they they do really well, and it's it's it, this is a huge so the director as well for that kind of the or. Uh, I haven't seen anything. I believe the director's played the role of lots of different roles, cinematographer, all that, like built into one, as you tend to do with these like l- no budget kind of yeah, films. It's your first film. Um, so the, the the shots that help create like what ag- like almost agonizing pain that he is in, that he he can't quite control it in his mind, and it's also kind of that does he know? Is he in two separate minds? Is yeah. he is he two different people between the one that's presenting them and the one that's the murderer and all those kind of things? It is kind of splitting him, and you see that in the shots. There's a lot of yeah, mean, the shots are some beautiful shots. In yeah, there were film. some really good ones. There was um kind of about halfway through the film potentially. Um, there were some scenes where obviously you know this the. The old man has been killed, and we'll touch on the old man. Oh no, we will come back to the old man shortly. We will not touch an old man. <laughs> we'll come back to the old man shortly. Um, but there were scenes where he's kind. Of, there, were, there was some fast editing and some quick shots yeah. of him kind of cracking open bleach and stuff like that. And it reminded me of uh, kind of what Edgar Wright does in the Cornetto trilogy. You know? Oh yeah, those yeah. quick fast, those quick fast shots. You know. Except these ones felt a bit unsettling. Yeah, you know they had a kind of a tinge of unsettled, you know, being unsettled to them, um, and a lot of the a lot of the shots within the film are are quite nice, and like you said, do have a a bit of a Hitchcock esque feel to them. Yeah, they've definitely got that Hitchcock Kubrick kind of long hallways, long hallways, but changing lights, yeah, lots of shadows appearing around, you know, all those kind of things. We mentioned the Nightmare on Elm Street, what felt like a bit like a Nightmare on Elm Street inspired kind of. Through, there's a bit when it kind of comes through the door at you. Well, it, really nice. Well, it's a good setup because, like you said, it's the it's the it's the Kubrick kind of 
weird unsettling shots where you have a long haul and it kind of zooms down it kind of doesn't yeah. and it you know you have some unsettling music in the back and the you know the whoever did the audio and whoever did the, the music for this i don't know if we've quite got them here but i think they did a sterling job as well because a lot of it you know sets the tone for it um and in, in a bit of this you know now those are the production stills man there's down here there's Review, uh, we've got crew. crew. There's a crew, uh, but um, I'm trying to find the trying to find the audio. <laughs> there's, a, there's a big, there's a there's a big yeah. crew. You can tell how much effort's gone into this. We were just looking at it before, but there was a big crew behind this, so we know that that's when I was like, ah, this is design. not a student film because a student film does not get this. And I don't know, I don't know what the budget was. Yeah. I don't know how much you've put into this. Um, but it certainly paid off on quality. I mean, it didn't the, look, the, it didn't film, look cheap, did it? the film does not look cheap. It looked film quality. I mean, nowadays, of course, a lot of digital, a lot of digital cameras can make films in such high HD or 4K quality that a film can look like that. But it it wasn't just that. It was the production value yeah. around it and the shots the were sets handled, you'd right? made, and you'd obviously set up the different sets because you had the set with the old man's room. And then at some points when they were talking to him uh, in in the interrogation mode with the, yeah. the two police, and they were both they both played their their all like brilliantly. You know, you could literally, especially yeah. um, my only my only kind of um, the my only drawback for that for the two you know for um, Terran Turner and Mika Olsen would be is that I think they they could have been given a bit more time. Yeah, that's so, that's. I mean, yeah. I, I guess that comes into play with it. It's a short film. Like, yeah, you know, it's, it's not. Um, I did. I did think. And uh, Officer Sharp, I believe, um, uh, it was. She came across quite like you could tell this kind of under the neath kind of building tension. Yeah. Which I thought for her was quite nice that she was kind of giving off this kind of that she really didn't like him. And apologies if I mixed around the two people then. <laughs> no, um, I don't think. But I, there was yeah. that kind of building, bubbling like. You could tell she didn't believe him, yeah. But she was trying to play it two ways. She was trying to play it like nice and calm, and you felt as you cut further on that she was like, "This guy's yeah. lying," and I'm trying to draw it out of him. Well, um, the composer here we've got Joel Peck, Joel Pack, sorry, and uh, and Jacob Proctor um, for the sound. And yeah, I think you know the sound did great. And going back to what we were saying, um, well, that, the good thing about doing this unedited and raw is that we can't edit this. <laughs> so go so back any to, mistakes yeah. here, yeah, is it, the way it is. It, so. It's all natural, baby. <laughs> but the, you know the 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 Kubrick esque shot of the of the of the hallway and zooming in towards this door, it it looked well and it looked great and it looked like it had been handled well. Um, and the sound design was great leading up to it. And then that's where we get the kind of Nightmare on Elm Street s scene, yeah. where it's um, you know it's kind of, it's like coming somebody's through, coming through a door. Yeah, you know? you've got that nice effects yeah I, and i genuinely i mean because we were talking about it afterwards because i said to you the effects in this are, are like really quite cool and really well done and don't look cheap which is the main thing hey pc well, yeah, as well. <laughs> sorry <laughs> for those pop-ups um and yeah we were saying that they, it doesn't look as if it's put together cheap at all no um and I said to you, like, I wonder how they did that shot in particular. And you were saying maybe they put, like, some... I know in the original, it, w it was literally, like, a thin veil. No, no, no. 
yeah, in, uh, sorry, in the original, this is not, uh, in Nightmare on Elm Street, they had this fin veil cloth that he kind of worked his way through, and to me, it kind of looked like on the doorframe, they'd kind of done a similar, where a chunk of the doorframe was gone, and they'd yeah. kind of done that through, but, again, it, it's, it works so well, and it works so perfectly with the, the colour of the door, that it looked like the door was expanding. It genuinely looked better than that scene the Nightmare on Elm Street scene in the remake. You know? <laughs> yeah, it genuinely did. looks oh, better. Well, they did that. They did that CGI, but it still, look, you know, that looks shit. It this shows how it shows the the use of practical effects is always going to beat out the yeah. use of CGI. And the old man, the old man, the prosthetics. prosthetics look great. I mean, yeah. I even said you even it. said is is, is that, that is that an actual man or is that? And I was like. I, I recognised it. I recognised it was prosthetic, but you didn't. So I'm, easily, shows, I'm right? easily deceived. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like a T-Rex. <laughs> based on movements. Yeah. But no, no, it, it, it looked great. The um, and yeah, as I said about the lighting, I think that's the one that had the biggest impact. But with a lot of these, it is kind of these dark shadows and kind of lights. But there was like we both said about it. Uh, there's a scene with the knife. On the floor, yeah, and the red light that was reflecting within yeah, and the room, and piercing through the kind of background as the actor yeah. comes in in the background, and you're just kind of seeing all that effect. And it, it, I don't know, it just worked so nicely that kind of shot. I just, I that was when we were just kind of talking for a while about, wow, this shot was really, this yeah. shot was really nice. And there were, there were so many like nice cut shots like that, like in the bathroom with body parts yeah, and things like that. Cool. And they look, they look really. You know, yeah, they the, didn't look the old man clawing under the floorboard, yeah. and you know, in that classic Tato heart, you know the. And I said that the the most recent reminder I have of the Tato heart was the Simpsons, yeah. which is where <laughs> he had Lisa saying, like, she can hear the the beating of the heart yeah. where she'd hidden the the uh, little thing she'd created under the floorboards. Um, th- so that's that's kind of where my mind had gone to there. Um, and uh, I mean, we've got we've got a director bio. Um, from McLean Lindquist here. And it, yeah, it says that he's a first-time filmmaker. Um, we don't know whether that means that he's had a history of kind of, you know, student films or went to film school or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but it does say here that, you know, he kind of bills himself as a classic horror cinephile. And watching, you know, after seeing this, you can kind of believe that. Yeah. If you said to me that, you know, uh, this guy is influenced by, you know, Hitchcock and... Kubrick and and some of those old older films. We've got the mention of the background of music, which oh, so the song. So it, it and the, the the music does play a constant role in this. Yeah. Um. With that, a constant background, it does kind of feel like the music is perfectly going along with the story, which is not looks like some cut up kind of mashed together. You know. Yeah. You have student films where you've got a piece of like a song that they really liked, and then they're like, oh god, how do I edit this to make it yeah. work? <laughs> With the rest of the film, instead of just being that off, you no. know, they haven't done something like that. It has got a lovely score going along. Yeah, it's got really good. I remember um, back in sixth form when I did media studies, we had to put we had to put together a trailer for a, a horror film. And oh, naturally, yeah. you know, I, I was back then still a massive horror fan, and we put together one uh, for like a slasher film. Uh, and when we when we went to show the trailer to people, it didn't the the audio hadn't synced up. Well, like yeah. the audio had broken, so there was no audio. So me and the guy who I was doing the project with just did the audio on the spot. <laughs> so we just made like do 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 it with our voices, and and that's what it was kind of like. It was just like mi- a mix mash of things, and it all sounded cool yeah, at the yeah, time. Yeah. But you know, uh, Lindquist has definitely put together a very um, a very well put together piece of work here. Yeah, it is. Uh, as I, I said, we. 
you know, most of what we had about about this film was, you know, um, positives because I mean. I'm not going to lie that maybe that's partly because we were coming in with low expectations. Potentially. That wasn't because of talking with them. It's just, in general, whenever you're sent things, you're straight away worried that, you know, it's not going to be good and how you're going to talk about it in a yeah. nice spotlight. I think that's if it had been bad, that. we may have just ended up being like, no, sorry, we can't we can't review this in yeah. our last I mean, Yeah. <laughs> but we decided once we watched it, we're like, this yeah, okay. This and I think that also comes back to our background because we're obviously – we're more than more than happy for people to send a short film to us to review, or you know, if if Bloomhouse want to send us Screen <laughs> Five or Harry <laughs> Kills or something like that to review, we'll see. We're we're open for that as well. But you know, you obviously you have a background of like film studies, that kind of stuff, and I, you know, I'm a musician, so I've I've worked on music videos, and some of the music videos I've worked on have been some have been great, some have been a bit a bit of a shambles behind yeah. the production and then sometimes people have gone on to create films from that and you know I so I do know quite a few vid, video video what on the fuck video videographies videographers <laughs> we can't edit that out um, so I've known quite a lot of people who have done that and I know quite a lot of people who, who do build themselves as directors and when people kind of say you know I'm working yeah. I'm making a short film you I mean, I mean, for me, we roll our eyes a little bit because we're like, yeah. I know, I know you, mate. No, you know? yeah, I know, yeah, I know what you're looking at. Sometimes you're gonna be pleasantly surprised, but more often than not, I'm not pleasantly surprised. Yeah. I'm sat there going, I don't want to watch this anymore. I'm a couple of, you know, I'm, yeah. you know, um, and that 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 nature did continue even at the start of this. Even in the first few minutes, I can't say I was drawn in straight away. Um, I was a little bit still apprehensive, like, what am I? Am I about to sit yeah. through a? Am I about to sit through a twenty-minute monologue? Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, and that—that that wasn't anything to do with the actor. That was just my own yeah, thoughts in my head going, you know. And and uh, McLean Lindquist. Um, I mean, as we said about Stephen, but uh, there's no way I believe that he's not done lots of little yeah, mini projects before. and worked on background things or worked as part of a secondary director or things like that in the background just to do some little things or even just years of student films because. No, no, no one I've ever seen can go in and do these straight away off the bat. You know, they're not yeah. that. No one can be that good and has that knowledge <laughs> yeah, of the you need to cut camera quality or those things. But he, as I said, they did have a quite a big crew behind this, much bigger yeah, than definitely. I was when I watched it. I literally thought, oh, these these actors are probably all a part of like making it, putting yeah. it together, writing it. They're all just, you know, that kind of. And again, that was me thinking student film, but this is made to much higher, higher quality yeah, than definitely. that. And um, I would I would watch something that McLean Linquist does again. Yeah, and I'd like to see. So what if he you could if do you about. make another short, obviously we'd uh, speak out some as they have us. We'd obviously yeah. like to to see another one if you're not too pissed at us after this. <laughs> and um, I'd love to see why. I mean, if you know if he got to the stage where he he was given a because we don't know what the budget is for this. I don't think it's said in the in the EPK, but which is the electronic press kit for those who aren't <laughs> who aren't in the know. Um, if you know, I would love to see what he could do with a with a, a bigger budget and you know potentially longer films as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think in terms of direction quality, absolutely there, and obviously it's still in a kind of using people you know and using well known actors and things like that. Um, and yeah, so this film obviously we're a, 
for a horror podcast, and we did kind of talk about the fact that this is very Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. And quite often I put those more into almost thrillers with a hint of horror. Yeah. So I wouldn't say if anyone's watching this and they want a full-on gory horror or anything like that, this this isn't that. No. This this is very much the classic Victorian, you know, almost like the Victorian whodunits or things like yeah. that. It's very much that kind of, and you should be expecting that, it's Edgar Allan Poe inspired. So it is very much that kind of, and it also in the film, I did, something I was going to mention was it has a very, I couldn't tell what time period the film was trying to be set in. Yeah. I was a little bit, the detective who showed up at the door kind of looked like he was a 1950s He was a bit hard-boiled. L.A. Noir style detective. Yeah. And then, uh, but then the other officer looks like a modern day, modern day. police officer. And, and then, then obviously you've got... Um, Sonny, uh, Sonny Grimsley's character, who was obviously very, a bit he, Victorian. Yeah, looks like a, you know... A, I was about to say Downton Abbey, <laughs> but, uh, but a, a Victorian, you know, servant kind of thing, um, yeah. and the old man dressed in the wee, wee, wee. Christmas Carol, you know, <laughs> yes, yeah. Ebenezer Screws kind of. So uh, very much that. But then again, at first I, I didn't. I was like, oh, I don't know. I, I, I'm trying to work out what the time frame is here. But as you watch the film, it really doesn't matter, and it almost reminded me almost of that Tim Burton style. Uh, if you've seen like Batman Returns or Batman in his. It very much looks like a 1950 city, but a lot of it takes place in the yeah. current, like when it was done in the, the late 80s. It melds those together to make this weird kind of Tim Burton-esque like thing, and that's kind of what I kind of like. Oh, I kind of, I actually yeah. kind of like that. Um, um, I mean, there there were times where we, I mean, we where we thought that Sonny Grimsley, as as good as he was, and like you said, he was he's very much the anchor. That this was yeah, this was not due to performance. No, um, it wasn't due to the performance. As one of the things, this the, the performance like worked throughout. It, I think this was maybe a little bit where we, we thought, and this is just this is one of the minor cons. And we were we were like trying to search for things. This yeah, is the, we out of all of the nice things we've said. This is was one where we just I I I think I remember mentioning this, saying that I just felt that. Um, some of the monologues that he does, um, I felt like they got, went on a little bit too long at times. Yeah. So he was talking and talking and talking, and sometimes it felt like it went from creepy to cartoonish or hammy. Yeah, a bit hammy. Um, you know, it, it felt very theatre, very dramatic. Yeah, very Didn't theater. feel film. It felt like this is the kind of monologue I would expect if I was sat in a theatre. It's not what I would expect if I'm sat in a film for a long time. And it kind of felt like you start, I just started to think, why are the officers kind of listening to the, you know, why are they go, you know, I feel like it felt like they'd start to cut him off and be like, yeah, okay, like, we get it. You know what I mean? You're giving us creepy monologues. We've got the point kind of. But so when he was doing the narration, it worked perfectly. It was more when he was sat with the interrogation and it it kept yeah. having these long, minute long kind of short monologues. And you kind of felt like, I felt like silence could have got there easier than you know what i mean yeah um but again that was it wasn't anything to do with the performance because he performed so well in all of those scenes it just felt like it either needed an edit or a little cutback yeah potentially um but that was literally and and again that's just us and our perspective some people may have absolutely people loved love that, that. Yeah. and the people who are huge edgar Allan Poe fans probably would absolutely eat that up um or people who love theater because it, it sometimes it did feel like a, a theater piece brought onto film yeah definitely um but i mean have you got anything anything else to, to add about that uh no i mean i've we've talked about some scenes that we really liked uh and loved and the, the shots the production it, it was all right and it literally i would put my verdict down to a 
big pleasant surprise. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know, and that's a that's a good thing. Not and we both said that, didn't we? We yeah. were both like well, it was good. You know, yeah, it was, um, it was good. And yeah, we enjoyed watching it. Um, and as you can see, we've talked, we, this was going to be a mini review, and we've talked a lot longer <laughs> than we expected to. So you can see that we, there was enough to draw from. If this was a really poorly made film, we would not have been able to find much to draw from. No. We would have literally talked about this for five minutes and then be like, yeah, that, that's, yeah. All, that's all we can give it. Um, so if you want to follow the film, because uh, unfortunately we don't have anything about um, when the film's going to be released. I believe at the moment they're kind of sending it out to kind of get the quotes and get the you know the press junket kind of stuff. Um, so we don't have anything about when you know where this is going to be distributed to. Yeah. Um, but we would definitely recommend watching this, especially if you're a fan of you know thrillers, Edgar Allan Poe, that kind of stuff, and you want and you want to check out you know uh, a young up and coming set of actors yeah. and uh, kind of a new director. Yeah. They are on social media, um, but instead of reading you out the links. We'll, We're gonna post we'll send those through to you, media. and um, yeah. So, because I, I would think with this kind of year, the year it's been made in, probably I'd assume this might be for um, like to make the whole circuit, with yeah, festivals and stuff yeah, like that. But those haven't gone through this year, so that might be why they're a bit like, oh, we don't want to send it, it out because yeah. we want to actually release it to some festivals. But and I'm sure it will do very well. But we will, um, you know, once we find out when it's actually coming out or once it's released or any festivals that they're yeah. going to release it we'll, we'll, we'll update we'll you on our, on our socials yeah so uh, yeah so as we said that one uh, we, we went on for quite a while and you can check all of that out on socials uh, next we are moving on to we did a little double bill with this one and yeah. the other one we watched was Freaky um, um, which so, is obviously released in 2020 and it's, it's an American uh, comedy horror slasher film it is it's 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 a play on the old freaky friday yeah, freaky friday you know uh boy and boy meets girl or whatever it was these kind of films these kind of film boy, <laughs> yeah. no it's a boy it, girl thing it's a boy girl like, thing or the, my favorite person. the hot chick starring rob schneider oh, yeah. <laughs> That's classic. do you know what i found on amazon prime that we used to love watching your favorite film of all time John Tucker must die. John Tucker must die. I mean, you love John yeah. Tucker must die. <laughs> I mean, people who 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 know me know that I love um, I love horror films. I love action films. I also love like films like chick flicks, man. Yeah. You know? I, oh, I love I love a rom com. I could watch those all day. <laughs> one of my one of my all time favorite films, and particularly when you know when I was growing up was Mean Girls. Yeah, <laughs> Mean Girls is great. It's yeah, great. Mean it's great. It, and this kind of has... Mean Girls is literally, to be fair, Mean Girls is one of those things where you add a couple of elements and that's a horror film. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, you, you've got deception on Lindsay Lohan's part. You've got yeah. a lot of stuff in there, man. There's a lot. Regina, Regina Hall, uh, who is uh, Rachel McAdams' character, is an absolute bitch. <laughs> I can't remember the... Pure bitch. <laughs> I can't remember the... The plastics or whatever. The plastics. I can't remember the one, the really stupid one, the Karen. Karen, yeah. She Karen. was the one I thought was Ta- hot. I'm sure it's Karen. That that one plays to- that one totally works in this year because, as we all know, the Karens this year are the 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 people who <laughs> the villains about fuck all. <laughs> yeah, Karens are the villains this year. And 2020, Karen is the the most villainous yeah. person you can have. <laughs> um, but this film is is put together by Bloomhouse Productions. It's directed by Christopher Landon and it's produced by J- Jason Bloom, um, and it's written by Michael K- Kennedy and Christopher Landon. And it stars everyone's favourite hunk, Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn, big time. Big time. Uh, Catherine Newton, Katie Finneran, Celeste O'Connor, Misha, Misha Osherovic, <laughs> and Alan Rowe. Alan Rowe. So, yeah, uh, Vince Vaughn, obviously, you know him. 
you know, he's he's a he's a big character. He was in Jurassic World, uh, Jurassic World, Jurassic, Jurassic Park, Park the Lost World, the Lost World. <laughs> I mean, Vince Vaughn has been in quite a lot. I mean, I can't name how much stuff. He's been in lots of things, and he's been in horror before. He was in he was Psycho. He was Norman Bates in the Psycho yeah, remake, which not a well received remake, but he showed that he could do creepy, and he was yeah. very creepy in that film. It wasn't his fault that film was a failure. It was the fact that yeah. he's shot for shot remake which no one asked because it had it also had William H. Macy in Julianne Moore was in Julian it Julianne Moore uh, was Figo Figo Mortensen yeah he was I think he was the um, he, he was the, the boy, no he was the boy he was the boyfriend yeah that goes looking for Marion Crane and I can't re- Anne Heche was Marion Crane yeah and so why do you remember that, that cast yeah. quite well <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen that film since I was very young but I've seen I it know. once and I don't want to see it again but <laughs> I anyway. kind of now want to watch it again I don't yeah, know why strangely um, um, and Catherine Newton uh, who was in things like Big Little Eyes and uh, she's also now been cast in Ant-Man 3 as his daughter even though his daughter already was cast <laughs> well there we go so there you go uh, um, she's very she's very good in this film. so this was made on a budget of 6 million um, dollars that is, as we know with um with Bloomhouse, they I mean that's it's not cheap, but they like to make things with a with a low relative. Yeah, low I mean budget. to be fair, some of them they they literally give them a couple, only a couple. This is slightly higher than some of theirs. I mean even Scream, uh, not Scream. I don't know. I don't know what production Scream's got. Halloween, Halloween, uh, Halloween remake million. was ten million. So this isn't that much lower than that. I mean, part of me thinks Vince Vaughn's paycheck was probably yeah, probably about half of that, <laughs> but. Um, but yeah, uh, they make films for very low budget, and they have to be very concise. So Bloomhouse, the reason they've been so successful is because they'll make it for no budget. It can make, it could it could even do rubbish at the box office and still pretty much break even. That's why they only give it a certain yeah. amount of money. And the box office, uh, the box office for this was fourteen point eight million dollars. Now bear in mind that that this only got released in the United States. Yeah. So this wasn't released in the UK. How we it saw was released very <laughs> barely anywhere around the yeah. world. Um, it was released on video on demand, but yeah. I believe that, that that's only in cer- you know certain places in America. We don't have video on demand over here. Um, yeah. We we were taken uh, by an unknown entity. Yeah. So it's, it's to a part to a protected international waters <laughs> where we watched this film. Um, that, that's all we can say at this point. It's, it's a little secret, yeah. but so yeah. So fourteen point eight million um, so far. And still, know if that includes all of the video on demand. Um, and it was only it, it literally this was one of the last films in cinemas before majority of them closed down. So yeah. it literally was in like a week, maybe two weeks before it then. Yeah, that's it. We're all shutting down. Your film is, and you know it was. I think it was maybe re-released a little bit again, but. Yeah, it's not been in cinemas properly. So it's been a case of anywhere you can see it is where you can get yeah. it kind of thing. And I was very excited for this when I saw the trailer. I was, I was so hyped, man. I said I sent it to you, didn't I? I yeah, like, we need to I, see I was like, film. we need to see this film. I mean, I loved the... One, I loved the idea of Vince Vaughn being in a, a horror film as a mass murderer. Which I... Which still we'll lives... touch on shortly. We touched on how good that actually works, yeah. I think. Um, and, and just the idea. Yeah. I love the idea. And, uh, you know, well, I love the idea. And we've... Mentioned about yeah. the kind of thing we might do, twisting a normal film into a horror film. Yeah. And I love that kind of thing. That was a little touch on. Yeah, again, the clap went on too long, man. And, that, yeah. and I, I mean, I was trying to find 
like a symbol for Pitt or something. But, so sorry, apologies. For some, that for some people out here listening, every time we play one of these effects, they start to be like, I, I thought that this was a well-made, <laughs> I thought that these were respectable young men. Every time you play one of those effects, they're just like, they're, tur- they're turning into, you know, they're turning into some terrible daytime radio yeah. show. Like, we just watch our followers drop. Just fart jokes all day yeah. long. But the plot of this film is, um, is that, you know, it opens up with four teenagers brutally murdered by a serial killer known as the Blissfield Butcher, um, who then steals an ancient dagger known as Lodola. Um, and then the next day, you know, there's a bullied high school student called uh, Millie Kessler, and uh, she attends the football game where she performs as the school mascot. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, no, yeah. Let's, let's try and condense it down. We've got a very long <laughs> We have a long plot. Yeah, um, so, yeah. But um, the butcher attacks her, stabs her with the dagger. And he's been doing, they said, they mentioned that this has been happening for every for homecoming. Yeah, yeah, almost every, every, homecoming. every couple. Of and this was kind of one of those urban legends. Yeah. You know what I mean? The little campfire stories, that's what they're telling each other at the beginning of the film um, before a fantastic opening. And um, yeah, so so the girl, Millie, um, yeah, she's she's down a lot. She's kind of thin. She's treated like she's ugly. She's never ugly. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's the only weird thing I found. Like, we, we both, I think you said we that. We both one. said that. You were like, you're like, she's not ugly at all. Yeah, she's like, she's, yeah, we both like, even they, before she does a little transform, doesn't change her appearance. She just yeah. dresses more slight. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, yeah, that's all they seem to do is they, they're just like, uh, okay, we've got to cast like, uh, you know, a relatively like, Beautiful actress, yes, yeah. like a downtrodden. But they didn't really try to make her look that. No, apart from the fact that her like dress sense was kind of like jumpers and stuff like that, which yeah. I thought I was doesn't like, matter. she looks nice. <laughs> I was like, like a lovely lad. She doesn't look like a slut walking and, around well, the school. <laughs> well, she, it's not that she makes herself look like a slut. She just becomes like she wears like her sister's leather no, jacket. She, she looks, looks like, like a badass. She looks hard, like a badass. Yeah, yeah. she goes, she goes for, like, <laughs> and a hard, really intimidating look, and, and yeah. puts her hair up. No, Catherine. Yeah, so Catherine Newton is. 100% not ugly. <laughs> yeah, it's a very weird mix. Never is at any point in this film. But it's like when they cast Zach, you know, I haven't seen High School Musical, but they cast Zach Efron as like a, I'm imagining they cast him as like a loser, you know? And it's like, Zach Efron's not going to be a loser, come on, you know? You definitely have not watched High School Musical. <laughs> I've never watched He's High School Musical. He's not meant to be a loser. He's like the high school basketball leader. Okay. <laughs> he's like their, cha- he's like their, yeah, he's like their captain of the team. Okay. He, I think it's Vanessa Hudgens who's more of the shy. Oh, little, so still again, a not still a beautiful person. You know, and I'm more. I was more thinking of the the classic. Um, what was the Freddie Prince Jr. one with he makes a bet about this? I girl can never remember really, what it's called. Um, There's a beach scene. She's, she's all that. that. Yeah. she's all that. And yeah, that kind of one where they've, they've dressed a good-looking girl, but they've given her glasses and yeah. they've given her ponytail. And, and, made her and again, and they, they act as if glasses and ponytail suddenly. Oh, you're a fucking, you're a dog now. <laughs> you're a dog. You've gone from, yeah, it's the second someone puts a ponytail up and puts glasses on and now you're a dog, even though some of those beautiful women in the world probably do yeah. that every day. And then you have like sixpence none the richer. Kiss me, please. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And somebody walks in slow motion. And the whole film does kind of, it has that kind of like high school, like rom-com feel to it, doesn't it? Yeah. It's so cool. And it, um, It's got a little bit of a... The woke. The woke. <laughs> you know, they've got the, the, the gay best friend who's very much about non-labels and you've yeah. got them. But 
Sometimes this annoys me because they power on too much. It's not. It's oh, actually no. used as quite a funny element. It's amazing. The, 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 the gay best friend, who I can't remember his name. Um, well, he, I can't remember anyone's name. He makes a joke early on with, like, a black guy's got a, a sausage dog. <laughs> yeah. And he's like... <laughs> what does he say? Hello. Oh, it's a sausage. I love saying, a black sausage or something. Yeah, I love your black wiener. Yeah, I love your black wiener. And there's also a great bit where... Um, so, obviously, Vince Vaughn, who... I mean, honestly, if you if they said to me, like, Rob... You can remake, like, a Friday the 13th, and, you know, who do you want to be as, you know, Jason? Vince Vaughn's fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah, let's, uh, we've talked about that yet, so, um, we'll come, we'll come right to that scene and say, let's finish off the, we kind of went oh, midway yeah. through, um, we're, we're gonna get it very fair. Basically, she's that, she's where, there, there is a killer, there's a killer who is Vince Vaughn's killer on yeah. the loose, um, the Blissfield Butcher. She has these friends, good at that. She's she's not a big fan. This is basically the classic Freaky Friday, like she's having. Yeah. She's not. Her mum's an alcoholic. Her sister's a cop, yeah. which plays into the story. And um, her mum drunkenly, her dad's dead. That plays another part. And uh, her mum's meant to pick her up one night, and she's left there. It doesn't completely play the whole Freaky Friday thing because it doesn't obviously switch mother and daughter yeah. or something like that. But no. it, she is left, and then one night after the football game. Along comes the Blissfield Butcher, yeah. who hunts her down. Um, what? Because you thought a major part of the story was that they, they that the Blissfield Butcher knew knew what the dagger do, as if and it's a very cool concept that we actually suddenly came up with because this isn't what the film plays. In the film, it's that he doesn't realise that when he stabs her with the dagger, that they're actually he's going to swap their swap their bodies around. And he didn't realise that that swap was going to happen. Over, yeah. Swap their souls over. Um, what we thought at one point was that it was actually going to be that the he knew that, and every generation, the reason he kept popping up every generation yeah. is because he'd swapped to a brand new soul, which is a very cool that idea would, for a horror film in its own right. And, that, and I wouldn't be surprised if that was potential sequel, you know, because I, yeah. I, you know, I would imagine that this film would, would make enough money to warrant another or yeah. a prequel or something. Yeah, so that's the basic setup. That's it. They swap bodies, they wake up the next morning, classic yeah. Freaky Friday, and oh my god. She's in a she is in Vince Vaughn's body in a in a what looks like a crack den. Yeah. With a literal crackhead. <laughs> who and with, with weird body and animal parts yeah. all around her and he wakes up in her mum's bed and Catherine Newton does a very good like completely like she plays a very emotionless yeah. kind of like looking around as if she hasn't had a proper meal in years, that yeah. kind of thing. It all works really nicely, and now here comes the thing of oh crap. I'm in the body of a man who's now being hunted because they have a they've they've seen his yeah. face because she gave the description yeah. of what he actually <laughs> looks like. Yeah. So she's in the body of someone being hunted. How did she make people believe her in classic way? And now we've got uh, in Catherine Newton's body, Vince Vaughn's blissful butcher is now free to roam in an unsuspecting body, and he quickly gets to work on many of her uh, high friends, school bullies and, teacher, and goes bullies, after yeah. friends, teachers. Now this is where we can jump back to the start. Uh, well, the, I mean, the opening of this film, literally, if there's a, this is probably one of the fir- films in a long time where the opening straight away, I was like, Definitely. I am fucking in for this film. Yeah. I mean, you said Friday the 13th already. This is a 100%. I mean, even the, the title cards oh, are Friday the 13th, 13th style, but Vince Vaughn's Blissful Butcher is a fucking Jason. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, obviously, he dons, he dons a, a hockey esque mask. Yeah. Um, and this, you know, the opening scene you get you know you get four kills 
which of all, I mean, a majority of this, the film is practical effects. It is, yeah. And all the, the all four kills are inventive and look really cool. Oh yeah. There's a moment where, um, where we, we were watching it, and I mean, me, me and Seb have been, you know, friends for many years. Um, you lived with me for a while, yeah. and it's kind of like this is how we watch the film. So normally, if somebody comes over, you put the airs on, you know. Yeah. yeah. I don't. <laughs> so yeah. We ate a Chinese. I was so full that I just led on the sofa <laughs> and Seb sat in a comfy chair watching. And I was also not in the bed. I was, I've not been in the, um, I've had a bad back. Yeah, you had, I, I, wasn't feeling, back, I wasn't feeling well at all. I almost cancelled, but I decided to come over. And literally by the end of hanging out, I felt a lot better. Like, power of friendship. Just from the power of friendship and the power of how good this film was. I was trying to find an ah, but there isn't one. <laughs> <laughs> that perfect place for a soundboard. Don't demean our reputation. <laughs> yeah. um, um, so there's an opening bit where we were watching it and we were both like, oh, fuck. And there's, there's a moment where Vince Vaughn as the Blissfield Butcher reminded me so much of part four Jason and Roy. There's a bit where he just, you know, he's walking Walk towards... Straight through the yeah, door. He's walking towards a piece, like a glass pane. Yeah. And he just smashes through it incredibly. And I was thinking, you know, is he going to go elsewhere? Are they going to do it? How are they going to do it? And it just looks so good. Yeah, and he's just so like ruthless and so sneaky. So although good. we've given away that are the deaths in the opening scene, we won't give away how no. those deaths are done because you need to go. You need to go and watch this stuff. This is literally one of the first ones I'd say you have to go go watch. <laughs> um, but the deaths are really inventive. Yeah, I you know these kind of films sometimes you can look at them and go oh they're, they're really quite, what do, oh happy death happy day. death day love happy death day great hot mix of horror and comedy another Bloomhouse film. The only thing I found a bit fit was a bit meh was the deaths. They, yeah, they yeah. were a bit more scream inspired or yeah. a little bit like that. But the deaths just they weren't inventive. It always cuts off before. Yeah, care, it's not gore. Just, and I feel like that. I'm not that bothered about always about the gore if it's done the suspense or that. But that one was a weird mix of there's a bit of suspense, but it's a bit quick suspense. It's a bit yeah. underwhelming, and the deaths just aren't inventive enough. Yeah. Whereas this film, I mean, the the deaths were really inventive. The the gore was great. There were the, you know there's a moments, big yeah. gore fight. Like they showed a lot more than I expected to exactly. show. Like I thought it was body parts tearing, ripping in half, all yeah. these kind of things. People you know put up against the wall and things like that. In classic kind of Jason, yeah. like pin you up. And the, but the, I mean one one thing that I wasn't overly. I mean I I did love this film, but the the, the opening half of the film it felt like a lot more of the budget went there. A lot of the opening half or two thirds of the film, you saw a lot of the kills, and yeah. you had that thing of oh, you think it's got to cut off, but you actually see, you know, you see somebody getting sword in half, or you yeah, see yeah. somebody's, you know, you see. You it see is, it. I guess it is going into the third act yeah. is when it goes at like sort of jumping forward to the third act. The it does kind of change that way. The death count because they're kind of it turns into more of a we've got to catch them or we've got to get yeah. back to them or we've got to do this in order to stop it. The deaths kind of go down, and it kind of just feels like a lot more like, oh, we're just now we're properly into the whole Freaky Friday, find yeah. each other, we need to find each other to solve this kind of thing. Um, and then it does have a very uh, woman power bit at the end of the yeah, film, which is cool, um, which has come back around, which it's good, it has an extra bit, even yeah. though the takedown I felt was a little like it was kind of cool that she came into our own as this powerful kind of girl. Yeah. At the end, uh, Catherine Newton's uh, Millie, um, but at the same uh, at the sa- same time, it did suddenly feel like, oh, okay, he's gone. <laughs> yeah, like, it was it was pretty cool, but it does as I, I see what you mean that you have a lot of build up and you had a lot of like long periods of like 
quite a lot of like deaths coming at a good yeah. rate, and then it just kind of stops for a while, and it does kind of mellow it out for a little while. And then some of the kills become a bit more off-screen. Yeah, you, know? you do get a few yeah. more off-screen. It does feel like, yeah, you're right. The, that yeah. opening scene felt like is definitely... I felt like it was going to be... It brings you to such a high early on, and then, yeah, towards the end, it kind of does go down... I wouldn't say it goes, not, it goes not down, down in quality. No, no, I really, it's just the kills kind of become a bit a bit off-screen yeah. um, and that kind of stuff. But I thought it would have been the other way. I thought you'd have had the off-screen deaths at the start, you know, yeah, and then the building towards the corners. But then that, that opening scene just then did make us, like, giddy. Yeah, it made us <laughs> We were, like, so happy. We were, like, oh, my <laughs> God, look at this. This is so cool. Like, um, this literally made me want... Um, now, I don't know what they're doing for a sequel and things like this with how the film ends. Again, not going to ruin how the film ends. Uh, but it did make me want a prequel of the Blissfield yeah. Butcher. Like so Vince cool. Vaughn just going around in. I mean, we're not getting a we're not getting a new Jason film till God knows when. So, but if you but if you made a film yeah, that was based similar with Vince Vaughn as the go Blissful around Butcher, and murdering in this inventive way, I'm like, I want, I want to see, I want to see like Blissful Butcher through the decades. I want to see yeah. what he's done to these other homecomings. It definitely had that potential there, and and Vince Vaughn himself was incredible. Yeah, he's, you know. he's really good. playing up both sides, his comedic elements and his like darker sides that you've seen yeah. him do before. Because at the start of the film, he's you know he's silent and he's not. There. Yeah, uh, we're not we're, you know we don't want to give too much away. Yeah, it's quite nice though. In the last few years, Vince Vaughn's been seeming doing a lot of indie-based films. Yeah, where he's been playing a lot darker. You know, he's been playing like corrupt cops and he's been playing like a prison uh, Nazi and things like that. He's been doing that like, brawling brawl block in 99 or so. Like. Yeah, which yeah. is grim apparently. Yeah, like, it was apparently quite like violent and thing. I did want, I haven't seen it, but it apparently is really good. Um, but he's been playing up those roles. He's been trying to get more into the serious side, I think less comedy side. Yeah. But here he gets to play out a nice mix of both. Yeah. Because him as Millie, also, it works. It's not It's not too stereotypical. There is a There is a kissing scene. Which Incredible. is fucking, it's really funny. It's yeah, like really like, you're kind of cringing. Like, you're just like, what the fuck? But it, it, it works really well. It, it, it reminds me of when uh, Jack Black does the girl in Jumanji. Yeah. And doesn't play it. You're, like, you're there like, oh, this could be so bad. It, yeah, it could and, be really bad. And it could be funny for yeah. about five minutes. And then it, and then it doesn't. They don't, it wears off, they don't overplay those moments too much. So yeah. he doesn't go into, ooh, go, yeah, no, too girly mode. Yeah. Ooh, I'm grossed out by this. doesn't go into that much. If anything, she's more... Millie in Vince Vaughn is more like kind of amazed by things like, oh, look at that. Oh, oh she's she got dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy, yeah. And then, I mean, you know, you know that I love a good horror comedy. Um, but sometimes they're fairly hit and miss. A lot yeah. of the jokes in this actually landed. I would say yeah. majority of them did. There's, you know, there's a there's an incredible part, you know, shortly after the switch has happened, where Millie in the body of the Blissfield Butcher um, tracks down um, her her two best friends and um, Nilo and Josh, and he's chasing them because obviously this is the Blissfield Butcher, yeah. and you know they're chasing after him and they're throwing stuff, they're like throwing spoons at each other and stuff <laughs> like that. And there's just a, there's a, a great bit where Josh just screams, you know, um, <laughs> I'm I'm gay, you're black, we're both gonna die <laughs> as they're running away, and it's just <laughs> things like that, you know. It, it's, it, it has it a level of nice humour and self-awareness yeah, of it. it. Did. But without it being too far. Yeah, too without meta. being too meta. Yeah. It, it played it very nicely. It does. Um, it, it has that lovely balance. Like, like I said with the Vince Vaughn as, like, in, as Millie, uh, like the Bristol, and the Bristol Butcher's body, and with their humour, all those little bits do play out really like 
it does it just enough. Not enough to be annoying, not enough, even with the boyfriend being kind of changing between like, I like you, I, uh, I, yeah. I like you, and then I don't know if I like you, like this, and then yeah. that kind of bit. It plays it out just as much, and it hits that peak that we've slightly mentioned before, and then it kind of just calms it down after that. It doesn't go, right, let's keep going with this kind yeah. of thing. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I, I mean, we've, we've mentioned earlier, like, the, the tone, the, not the tone, but the, it kind of is like a bit of a roller coaster early on, and then it, it not dips, but kind of goes steady for a while. Yeah. And then it does go a, a bit up at certain points, and, um, but, I haven't got I haven't got too many cons about this. No, won't me. Um, because it is just it's one of those you have films which are like going to be deemed as like an you know this is a classic because it reinvents the genre. Yeah, this isn't that. No, but it takes elements from such as when you've got your scream or you know even I said cons about Happy Death Day still Happy Death Day. It's just it's just so fun to watch. Yeah, it's that's just it. it's an easy film. viewing film. And I I would. Um, I would probably say that it's between it's between Freaky and The Invisible Man as my two picks for 2020. Yeah, because the I think I went into a lot of them with I I expected them to be good, yeah. but I didn't expect them to be quite so good. You know, I don't yeah. think either of them are particularly revolutionary. You know. Bits no, of film. I still haven't watched The Invisible Man. It's, it's I've, awesome. I've got, I've got it. I haven't watched it yet. But it's that. It's you know, it, it, it it's almost like it, it does it in a way in which both of these feel very modern, but kind of play back to the original source material. So yeah, the original, the the Invisible Man. You know, it it does it follows closely to the original in in feeling, yeah. um, and obviously. Not so much in plot; it's a it's a more modern adaption, and freaky does you know it does play and it does feel almost like a Mean Girls or a yeah. She's All That or something like that. And it is like who, who, like you enjoy those films because you, you know that they're throwaway, easy films to watch. Yeah. They are just like that, and this does play up on that. That if if you know those films and you like horror films as well, then you'll see all of those tropes in the film, and they're all played up and twisted in a really nice way. Yeah, I've, it's one of those films that I could, you know, there's only there are certain films that I have to be in the mood to watch. Yeah. I have to be in the mood to watch The Godfather. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. If you yeah. said to me, Rob, which is which is the better uh, which is the better piece of cinema, The Godfather <laughs> or Freaky? Yeah. I'd say Godfather. Yeah. If you said to me, Rob, what do you want to watch? I'd say Freaky. Yeah, because it uh, it's more it's more accessible. It and is one of those fun. where I could imagine myself rewatching it just because I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I could watch that. I'll see I'm it gonna, on. Yeah. I'll see it on streaming or something. Like that. I'd, I'd be like, I'll buy on. Yeah. I'll probably buy on Blu-ray when it comes out because I had such a good fun time with it. Yeah, and so I hope. I mean, it, it, it's hard because of this level. I mean, it kind of broke even at least with, yeah. its, with what it's made. Uh, I and hope. Hopefully, yeah, because it, I feel like it would have been a lot bigger. It got well received as well. Yeah, it, it got well reviews. Um, obviously, that's uh, there's, uh, there's so many limited cinemas that it's come out. I mean, we've only so seen. I mean, a, so I, I kind of I hope that hasn't you know diminished what could be a good sweet sequel. But then at the same time, I don't know what direction it'd go with it'd completely with a sequel. But I'd kind of like the Blissful Butcher, Vince Vaughn to s- still be a part of it because I feel like as good as the other ones all were, they're all like entertaining characters. I want he's the one I want to see more of. <laughs> yeah, ju- I mean strictly just because of that opening scene. Yeah, that's why I, I mean. mean it, I can't stress like how cool it was. I can't. Yeah, how, so how I, good, I kind of feel cool. like. Uh, 
a sequel to the that story might work, but I think a prequel would work a lot better instead of going the, the sequel territory. I, I don't know how you do a prequel with the Switch though. Unless he... it doesn't have to be the Switch though. It, oh, I just mean that's that, kind I mean, of the it's a sequel going off. Of, yeah, but that's the crux of that film. But I just still feel like you could go off and do the prequel just being a standard like horror in that kind of way. Yeah, horror. But movie. you could still do a sequel using that dagger with a different killer. Maybe. We'll find out. Won't we? but, we'll find out if they ever do it. Um, but I would, de- you know, I would definitely recommend checking this film out. Oh yeah, hundred percent. It, it's it's short, it's tight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's starting to go a bit dirty. <laughs> yeah, well, this is CMTH. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's really enjoyable. Um, so I think you should definitely go and check it out. I don't know in certain international territories where or when. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not going to tell you how we acquired this. International. <laughs> yeah, we went out into international waters and did the, watched it on a big screen and then came back. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we definitely check it out. Um, so obviously over on our Twitter uh, and Instagram, we put out about any Q and As because I mean this episode was kind of a bit. We thought it was going to be like half an hour. Yeah. We didn't quite expect it to go on for quite so long. No, no. So we were we were only going to be short with this. Although we did a we only asked about Q and A's. When did you? Was it yesterday? Yesterday. <laughs> I was too busy playing video games. Yeah. I, I, gonna... <laughs> I messaged you saying, "Oh, when you know what time are you coming over tomorrow?" And then as soon as I sent the message, I was like, "Oh shit!" I was going to put up every day to try and get yes. that. Um, that was what I was expecting. Yeah. A, this is our on-screen tip. Me and Robert now going to fall out. <laughs> yeah. You didn't have it, but still. Um, anyway, we we don't know who it, but we did get we we, we got Phil, one. yeah, Phil from uh, Horror Project podcast. What was the other horror. one you got actually before uh, that one? The other one I got was somebody who every time we put something up on Instagram, <laughs> um, I'm not I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna name them because I don't want to body them. Yeah. Um, but every time we put something up on Instagram about like oh what films are you watching, how's it, you know that kind of stuff, they just say it's their birthday. <laughs> um, it was like hi, it's my birthday. It my birthday. It my birthday. Story. And it's kind of ha- Happy birthday again to that birthday. Yeah. Wish you happy sure, birthday. every day of the year. Every, every day's day. a birthday, man. Um, <laughs> there you go. We, he, he took the time to message. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> Phil from the Horror Project podcast, or Horror Podcast Project, I, I always out. get it wrong. Definitely <laughs> check it out. Um, is kindly asked us, um, what is the film that we're looking forward to most in 2021? And I'm guessing we've probably both got the same answer for this. I feel, yeah, I mean, there are lots of obviously great horror films, that, some that have been like pushed back and stuff yeah. like that. Um, but, I mean, just to get straight to the point, I mean, we've already said it's a, it's a hard it's a hard balance between me. I think it's Halloween Kills for me. Uh, yeah. And I think it is for you too. Yeah, I feel it is. Um, um, purely based on how good that first one was, that first yeah. Halloween 2018 was. Um, Scream 5 is a close kind of coming up behind it i think yeah scream five um i mean i i do i have my own reservations about it don't get me wrong oh absolutely I, the, that one i'm less i feel like halloween kills i know i feel like i'm still gonna definitely just enjoy yeah i mean i mean there's no way it doesn't matter what it doesn't matter even if it's like half of the yeah my leg just yeah, keeps legs. tapping away. So if you all have heard throughout this whole podcast is <laughs> a weird humming noise that was probably my leg tapping yeah um I feel like even with Halloween Kills, even if it is not nearly as strong as the first one, yeah, it still would be ten times better than the majority of yeah. the sequels. I still think I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and uh, and had, Candyman, I'm also looking forward to. Oh, can, that's the... Yeah, yeah Candyman. So uh, Candyman is the same. I'm looking forward to it. I'm apprehensive 
sometimes with some parts of it because I'm a bit like, I really want to see that film, but I can't work out where they're going with it. From the or trailer. Which is nice to have a trailer. I've watched the trailer and be like, is it a reboot? Is it a I don't know. carry on? I don't know is if it... it's uh, the main actor, uh, Matty uh, oh, I, I can't, I can't pronounce yeah. his name. And he's been in loads anyway recently. Was he, he was in Aquaman. Yeah. And he was in was he, uh, Watchmen TV series yeah. and all that. Um, was he in Lovecraft County as well? I don't think he was in that one, but I'm no. not 100% sure on that. I could be wrong. Yeah. But anyway, um, he, um, I, I'm not sure if it's him transforming into the Candyman. It's like yeah. a legend where he's, it kind of gives an idea like he might be actually transforming into him, but I can't also say if that's just the Candyman getting his head. Yeah. I believe Tony Todd's meant to be in it. Uh, you, I think you hear him. As a cameo or something. You hear but him. I don't think he's fully in it. Yeah, which so makes me think that he's either, and they've done these whole, there was a nice scene released where it was like puppeteer kind yeah, of that thing, was really which cool. was really cool. So visually it looks awesome, and the actors in it look really good, The the visually the way it's shot, but... I just don't know if it's what way it's going, and if it kind of made it at times look a bit artsy. I worried it will be too. I don't know like that. I think, but I hope not. I'm hoping it's going to be like they've just tried to be minimal on the marketing, which yeah. is what is the best. I mean, to do. for me, it'll be interesting to see what um, how Nia DeCosta does with that. Yeah, because I I know she's she's got Candyman. I think she's been given the new uh, Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel. I mean, so she's I'd assume they're probably asked to see that film anyway while they were considering her. Oh, they so would have watched it. It must have been fairly well received to be like, yeah, let's. But I don't. Her film before that had been well received as well. But the only thing I know near the cost for is an episode of um, Top Boy, I think. Yeah, yeah, she of, did something like that. Yeah, that London drama. Um, so I, you know, I don't know enough about her work to to have formed an opinion. That's on what it, I mean. So know? that's why I don't know the director, so I'm a bit like, yeah, but it does look it does yeah. look very good. Um off the top of my head I can't think I can't think of how many you can but there was a lot and there's several that have been pushed back and things like that. Especially Bloom House ones were pushed back. A lot. Some of them were released on Amazon, just like they he released yeah, loads like before. Ford, which I assume are the ones that he was like, Yeah, these aren't quite as good because it does so many. Um but yeah, uh I think yeah, it's that and Scream Five which I'm excited about, but apprehensive yeah. again because it could be so. It's the first non-Wes Craven. I'm hoping they don't take it in some silly direction. Yeah, which is always a risk with it. You I know, think. and I'm even apprehensive about the original characters, how much of a role they're going to play. It seems like they're actually playing more of a role than people have led on. It yeah. wasn't shooting for very long, though. It felt like it was it's really short. short I think it shot for the same amount of time that the first screen did. Yeah. But then this, is the, this is the plus side that makes me a little bit more is that it was actually this this is the first scream since the first one where they haven't had to stop, rewrite, oh, yeah. sort out, write on the day, write as they're going. That's what the shit show of well I say two and three. Yeah. I but mean, two worked because two, worked. two was different because two had to be rewritten because the first one yeah. Scream was three was just constantly being rewritten. Yeah. So was Scream Four. The ending of that was completely but yeah. Scream Four two and four pulled it off, three didn't. But this is the first one they're going in with a script that they've followed and shot and done. Yeah. And that's it. So that'll be so interesting one to see. Hopefully but the thing that makes then the thing that just makes me about Scream is just it's just the who done it. Being yeah. seeing it the first time. Yeah, I love seeing it. Is first what time. is what the only thing that pushes it sometimes makes me feel like it would push to my top spot purely because I'm so excited to be in the cinema to witness it the first time. Yeah, that's all again. Good. And then, you know, then wish I could go back and raise my memory. <laughs> <laughs> I always wish that. Man. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, that's our. I mean, we gave two or three answers yeah. there, but I think Halloween Kills is probably yeah. top. And that, so I think that concludes uh, Cast Me to Hell Raw. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. this isn't. Yeah, it's not. I mean, at the length we've just gone to, this is basically is a review episode. Yeah, it's a regular point. episode. Um, because we expected this to be half an hour, and we've gone on for over an hour. So yeah. we are into the whole. This will probably be released as episode 10 yeah we'll, um, we'll, we'll, we'll put it as an official episode yeah we will release this officially as an episode now that we've gone this long because we as we said it's edited raw and we never knew what time frame but we literally expected to talk about the telltale heart probably for about five ten minutes and then freaky and then for freaky about for about five ten, ten maybe twenty yeah but <laughs> here we are here um, we are enjoying ourselves best friends <laughs> yeah best friend time um so we hope that you've you've had a good christmas and that you have a good new year um thank you for all the support that we've had since launching this in august i mean we've had a hell of a lot of support haven't we yeah we're we're very excited about the fact that i believe in a couple of we've literally got about eight last time we checked eight listens until we get to 500 listeners which is pretty and that is all thanks to the people that are out there actually listening and coming back again and again yeah and the support that we've received so it's a big thank you for that at the end of our first half year we've done about six months haven't we four months we started in august we did start. Yeah, but four, that's ten. Six. No, September, October, November, December. December. Four months. Oh, why am I thinking of it as longer than that? You're a teacher, man. Yeah, I'm a teacher. <laughs> no, yeah, I messed that up. It is four months. See, I'm not the student. <laughs> yes, there you go. See, I'm thinking that months longer than they are. Yeah. I don't know why. But thank you for all of the support. I always um, think August is midway through the year. <laughs> yeah, that's, okay. that's your brain. Yeah. Um, I'm special. Yeah. Well, thank you for all of the support over the year, over the past four months. Or yeah. Four four months for regular humans, six months for Seb. Yeah. Um, for me, it's yeah. been longer for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> please hit the subscribe button if you'd like to have um, the episodes automatically downloaded and be notified of when when we release a new one. Absolutely. Um, and leave us a review if you enjoy the show and it means that we get to reach more people um yeah. and again um we'll we'll be back with you sometime in january yeah um, as we'll be per. back as per we'll be coming back with a new episode we won't reveal what that is yet because again it's so unclear at the moment yeah well, and uh we've also yeah we'll be back very soon and again Keep sending us. If there's any messages you want us to say during the thing, we can try and answer them in the next episode as yep. well. So. And this is where the theme music would be, but instead we're going to go for this. <laughs> Bye! <laughs>